tonight on the Big Footy Blues podcast. We take a look at Saturday's big clash against the West Coast Eagles. Shandog gets negative about negativity, and we hit the boards to look at your funniest and most embarrassing reactions to a loss. And we apologise in advance for any dark undertones. Stay tuned. I'll get violent. Welcome to the Big Footy Blues podcast pre-game pep talk for round six. I'm ODN and I'll be tossing the coin and pointing at a random end tonight. This is my team. Regularly flying in for a specky and occasionally managing to bring one down at Shandog. Oh, oh, oh no. Oh, off the cuff, yes. just like that. Uh, you'll find her giving motivational speeches in the quarter time huddle and dishing out post-goal high fives. Hi, Hi there, Mevy. And if things aren't going to plan, we can swing her from defence to attack at a moment's notice. Please welcome Bluebell. That's a very good summary. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) And, guys, uh, Happy Dude was a later mission because he keeps padding out his stats by running past with a quick (laughs) (laughs) one-two. Let's get straight into it, shall we? Um, uh, we're on the eve of round six, and Carlton are taking on West Coast at Etihad Saturday at 4.40. Uh, a quick round six rewind. Carlton and West Coast have only met once in round six. That was in 1995 when Carlton 13-12-90 defeated West Coast 10-7-67. Carlton had 11 different goal scorers out of those 13, 13 uh, goals, goals we kicked, so uh, nice to share the load around. Skipper Steve Kernahan was injured early and we missed the next three games and Diesel Williams mixed, missed the next five games. So we did pretty well missing those guys for a large chunk of the season, knowing we only lost two games for that year. Um, Last time we met, Carlton 12-17-89 defeated West Coast 7 goals 23. Oh. <laughs> they had the Carlton <laughs> disease. 65 at Subiaco. Yaron kicked uh, four goals. McLean and Murphy were, uh, led our disposals, while Scott Selwood and Chris Matson led the way for the Eagles. Um, listen, now, ins for Saturday. Ooh, four changes to the side. In, Michael Jamison, Jeff Garlett, Brock McLean, Mitch Robinson out, Tom Bell, Ed Kerno and Chris Judd all injured and young Patrick Cripps was omitted. Uh, in for the Eagles, Will Schofield, Jeremy McGovern, Scott Lysette out, Xavier Ellis, Josh Hill and Darren Glass. Um, how do we think we're going to go on the weekend, guys? What do you think of those teams? And I'll think I'll throw to Bluebell first. Um, first thing that I noticed was that it's pretty clear that they're bringing in a very tall side um, and obviously trying to stretch us down back. They've got Kennedy, McGovern, um, Nick Napnui, Lysett and Cox all over 195 centimetres. So given we've got Jamo and Rowe and Jamo's only 193, I guess Lockie will play out forward. I think they're going to stretch us down, um, down back. 
Um, and unfortunately, I thought that we could stretch them up forward, but it doesn't seem to be the case because they've also got some tall backs. So when I look at the teams, again, I know we probably say this every week, but I can honestly see the game being won out of the midfield who gives their forwards first use. Um, I think both sides have a very strong midfield, um, both running midfields as well. Um, but look, the one concern I have is that Cox and Nick Natanui are going to, you know, possibly run rampant around the ground, and we know that that's not Robbie's strong um, point. So um, that's one of the dangers. But, look, all in all, I think we can beat West Coast. Um, I think if Waite starts as well as he did last week, um, leading up the ground, taking a few grabs, he actually I don't think he even dropped anything last week. He was, he was good. Um, I think we can definitely push them. Um, we've just got to keep playing that game style we played last week. None of this stop, start, bloody, you know, wait for the team to flood back. We just need to play our game. We need to play our running game. Um, I don't agree with what Malthouse said um, this week when he said that, you know, we played the same style of game. I think that's absolute crap. I think that he's tinkered with it a little bit, which is kind of what he did after round three last year. And I just hope he... It continues with it because I think the game we saw last week suits our players more so than that defensive boundary-style game that he's been playing. So um, the one other thing I think is really good is no Lacroix. Did I miss something? How long has he been out for, Lacroix? Has he been injured or...? Uh, well, I remember is he constantly burns me in my uh, my super coaching dream team. Well, thing. and he always plays. He always, yeah, he always plays well. At Eddie had too, which I'm so, so I'm really glad he's not playing. So, um, in saying that, they don't really have a small forward. They're trying to use Chris Maston up forward, and um, I think he's best suited in the midfield. So, um, yeah, I think we can win. Mm, You've convinced me. Good. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, look. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting. Um, Bluebell touched on it, and I noticed um, AB Blue on the forum also said that, uh, pointed out how, how tall West Coast have gone in this game. Three rucks, three um, key position forwards, and three key position de- uh, defenders, all really tall. So I think um, the big question in, in the week leading up to this game, especially from me anyway, was whether or not we're going to go like for like to match up with them and try and uh, bring in tolls, um, or if we were going to go with a smaller and quicker team and try and use that to our advantage. Um, I think I think that's what we're doing, and uh, especially bringing Gala in, that that's the case. I mean, if we look go back to the game that um, ODM was talking about last year, we just ran them off their legs, those like three really awesome running goals that um, that Yaren did. It really kind of exposed them, I think, for that run through the midfield. So it's going to be pretty interesting. I think the other main one for me is is, is, uh, is Darling. He's been in great form this year, and he's probably the most dangerous forward, but he also goes through the midfield a little bit too as well. So we're going to have more than one person probably have to line up on him, and he can be pretty dangerous. So I think shutting him down is going to go a long way towards us um, winning the game. So, yeah, I don't know if we'll see um, uh, Wade or Henderson um, going into defence, considering how tall they are, So, or even maybe Hendo might even start there as well. So I don't know, but it's going to be really interesting. I'm just not sure about how the game's actually going to play out yet. Mm. Mm. I'm excited Jamo's back Really excited I know um, the backs did a really good job last week In his absence But I think West Coast is a different ball game To Western Bulldogs 
I'm a bit disappointed that Buckley didn't get a game, but never mind. Um, a couple of the West Coast posters have mentioned that they think that Nick Knapp might even be a late withdrawal. Um, so I think that would work in our favour if they did pull him out. Um, but I'm not really sure. I have a good feeling that we're going to win, but that could just be me. And has it's not based in any fact or science, but I think we're going to win. That's it. That's all I've got. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that, and, and that's that's more than enough. Um, yeah, look, the the, the, the the amount of tools in the side is clearly the biggest talking point of this game. Um, Carlton has six genuine tools named. Uh, West Coast have nine genuine tools named. We do have Everett and White who can play tall. Um, I don't, and we do have Watson in the emergencies, but I think it'd be foolish to actually try to match them for height um, because I think their tools are probably uh, overall um, of, of a higher standard yep. collectively. Um, so I think we're better off playing our own game and um, using using the third man ac- across. If, if, if Walker's going to be down back, uh, let him and White come across and, and, and cut off and be that third third man up, that spoiler um, you know, standing in front of their big guns. Um, I don't, I don't see, I, I just can't see how, how you can play nine mm. genuine tools, uh, out of your 22. So that's, you know, some of, somebody's always, if you, if you're going to leave one on the bench, um, then you, you, you're cutting down your midfield rotations. If they're all on the field, that's half your team is tall and we're going to be able to, all we have to do, is get a fist on it and get enough body pressure on to get to get that ball to ground, and we're going to be running away from them. So, um, you know, it'll be it'll be a little bit of a, a shootout. They're either going to hold their marks and they're going to kill us, or um, or we're just going to um, we're just going to run them off their feet and we're going to go we're going to win running away. Um, interestingly, despite that uh, that height in their side, Eagles are ranked 16th for marks inside 50 this year. So um, they're obviously not holding their marks. And, and Nat is not really a player that takes a lot of marks anyway. So, look, I, I think, you know, bring it on. We'll play our game. We'll, um, we'll, we'll get the body pressure. We'll get the, um, we'll get the guys standing in the hole, um, you know, putting the pressure on. And we'll have players like Everett and White playing on somebody, you know, arresting Ruckman or something like that. And I think White, the way he got into the, uh, the face of, uh, I know, uh, Cramery kicked four goals last week, but he was really in the face of Cramery and really showing a bit of spirit. And, and uh, I, I can, I, I won't, he won't be taking a backward step even if he's matching up on one of those giants. Can so, we know when um, the Northern Blues yeah. team gets announced because the games are on at pretty much the same time this week. So whoever's in the Northern Blues team definitely won't be used for us, like an emergency or anything like that. No, they can still ch- make changes oh. though. Can't but the make, games are at like, like the same time. So if they're playing in the Northern Blues side, then how can they bring them over? Do you know what I mean? You know how each week we say, yeah. oh, they could be playing for us instead? Yeah. Because we've normally got the day time. in between. Yeah, if they're playing at the same time, we're not going to know, though, are we? Yeah, you won't know until probably, well, I don't know. You, you probably won't know. The, like the, the player will know, you know, Theoretically, you could know a couple of hours before the game, but until both teams, final teams, are announced an hour out from the game, it's nobody's going to know. So, oh, final teams, it's an, yeah, it's an hour, they announced it's a sub, and yeah. that's um, annoying. Yeah, but mm. who, who's a good matchup um, for Darling? I mean, because Walker plays tall, so he if they do try and stretch our back line, he's going to have to take one of the monsters. So I'm just struggling to see who we can put on on a Darling. I mean. 
Chewie will take the small, Chewie and Simo will take the small midfield type, small forward that they rotate through there. But, um, yeah, I'm just struggling to see a good matchup for him. Um, certainly, uh, if he's leading up the ground, you know, Jamo's coming out more and more from, um, he's, he's no longer a stay at home mm. fullback. He's, he, he's switched to centre half back a fair bit. And I could see him, you know, following whoever right up the ground and actually, you know, still being, cause he's, he's so good, um, he's so good at closing, yeah. uh, closing yeah. down space. So, uh, so I can see, I can see Jamo would be pretty good in that re- regard, but then it depends where they're playing well, everybody right. else. If, if, if then. Sta- it, 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 well, yeah, so oh, look, I can see, I can see, yeah, I mean, that's the same thing. So I can see Rowe going with Kennedy, but then also Kennedy's prone to running mm-hmm. down the ground too. So I can see them doing a switchover depending on whether it's Darling or Kennedy that's going to be leading down the ground if, if one's doing it more than the other I can see Jamo following somebody down the ground where Roe will be more the stay at home fall back for the guy who's going to stay in the square but then again you know if Cox yeah. is up there um, I think I think Roe's perfect for Cox as well so um, it, it is going to present problems for us um, and you know if they if they're getting some early marks and early goals um, Hendo will go back but you know it just depends on how well we hold them. You know, we, 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 we've got Caswell and wait up forward. Hendo might start back, and if we're getting the run of the game and it's not a day where people are holding their marks uh, or West Coast aren't holding their marks, then we'll send Hendo forward and have that three-pronged attack, our, mm-hmm. attack ourselves. But, but whether we need to, do we need three tall forwards? I mean, I mean, with Garlet back in, uh, if they've got three tall defenders and we've got two tall forwards and somebody playing a bit smaller, then surely we're going to out we're going to outpace them. Somebody like Walker or a Garlet, you know, leading out in the, um, the, the, the the I guess the tall defenders aren't really going to keep pace with them. So I can see a couple of our players going forward and back as the game progresses. So as long as we don't wait mm. too long. Well, I, I don't know, you know if you guys have thought much about this, but Daisy Thomas. Um, I think he'd be better served for us off a hard half forward flank rather than playing off the back line. What do you guys think about that? I just think he adds a bit more creativity up forward, a bit more flair type thing with Menzel out of the side. I think he can take on that role quite well and maybe bring some confidence into his game as well. I don't know. He's, he's such a he's so good at defending as well. He's got a, he's got a bit a, a real defensive um, work ethic as well. So he will you know he will make second third efforts. You know I, I think I don't I don't want to see him too far back, but I think mm. wing's a good position where he's actually running between half you know half back and half forward because uh, I think when he goes forward um, the times he was going forward in the early games he was getting a little bit starved of it. Um, so I, I don't know if we want to use him as an uncontested sort of lead out mark or, and his and his goal kicking is nothing to write home about, think, frankly. Yeah, he's he's so, he's definitely getting some more strength into his legs now. Like his kicks are going further. I've noticed the past couple of weeks. More than thirty meters now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. That was really something that I thought, that was a worry. Oh God, I really exactly. I, <laughs> oh God, what have we bought here? Like, is his ankle really shot? But. I'm really glad that he's been able to build some strength into his to his legs and and been able to kick it past 30 meters. It'll only get better as well the more he plays. I mean, I have made much of a secret of the fact that I'm not completely sold on him yet, but each week you can see him oh. um, improving. Like you can see it as the game he's a, goes on. 
He's a brilliant footballer. So, yeah, I, you know what? I, he's going to have a breakout game soon. Let's just hope it's next Friday night. <laughs> well, if you look at his general field kicking, um, his vision is fantastic, and he really does spot, he can spot up a teammate in between two opposition yeah. players, you know, really well. And I, I was quite impressed with that. But you get him in front of the big sticks, you know, whether he's got penetration in his kicking or not. Uh, even Collingwood supporters assure me he wasn't always the most accurate of goal kickers. So, um, you know, sometimes field kicking just seems I don't know. There's a lot less pressure in that or something like that. But um, um, He's probably he's probably more of a true midfielder than somebody that should be up forward, yeah. I think. But um, and, and we do need those creative players. We do need those defensive-minded players, um, you know, sort of getting around the ground a fair bit. Yeah, um, see, I'd prefer yeah, in between I... the arcs um, for all that sort of stuff that you were just talking yeah. about there. But I think there's a good chance, um, Bluebell, that he might spend a bit more time off the sort of half-forward line and, and try and drift forward and kick goals, particularly when... Um, Menzel isn't in the team, but when Menzel is in the team as well, then that's really, I think, the the role that he fills there. So we might see that a little bit against West Coast. Yeah, I hope so. Um, The other interesting in was McLean. What do you... I mean, we all know how good he is at winning the ball, but in the first two weeks, he looked even slower than he's looked in previous (laughs) weeks. So I just... Sorry, in previous years. um, Yeah, what are your thoughts? I... You can't write him that, off because yeah. he's he, just when you think he's gone, he's, he he comes back again. And the, the thing about Brock is he he seems if he's carrying any sort of a niggle, he can't mm-hmm. carry injury. He, he's got to he's got to be fit. If he's got any sort of injury, you might as well drop him, let him rest, whatever, because because he doesn't have that pace in the first place, and he does look out of sorts. And the key to his game is is. He, he reads the play better than most and he gets yeah. to those spots to lend support. He present, he's always presenting as an option, uh, whether that be, um, at, uh, up forward and, and kicking for goal. He just seems to pop up in those spots a little bit like Allard does. He just pops up in, in, in those forwards, those danger spots at the right time. Um, so, and I, I guess because we're, we're missing, um, the players we're missing this week, um, you know, we've, we've well, what if four midfielders yeah, out this week? So he's, he's had uh, pretty good form in yeah. their Northern Blues too, from what I've read. He so. always does. As yeah, soon as he goes back to VFL, he lights it on fire. But yeah. every time I doubt him, and he comes back into the side, he absolutely proves me wrong. Same as me. I'm yeah. exactly with you on that one. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I kind of think like Brock, him, him being in the side sort of goes against that thing we're talking about, Troy, oh, are we going to go fast and have running players in there? Bringing him in, that's what made me sort of go, oh, are we? I don't really know what we're doing now. <laughs> yeah. But, but when, he'll go in and get the ball and then give it yeah, something fast. That's it. See, I always think, my attitude towards Brock is, if he is fit, um, so not carrying an injury like ODN said, and if he's in form, you pick him, because he is experienced, he's a leader on the field, and he's very good at what he does when he's in form. So, you just pick him. Yeah, and look, they've got maybe maybe he's an option for um, um, somebody like yeah, Curtis. Because he's slow as well. I mean, he's <laughs> slow as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm thinking Murph is going to cop a hard tag this week. So we'll go to him. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but you know, he handled that tag well last week. The best but, I've um, ever seen him probably. handle a tag. I was so impressed with him. I hope he he's can do it again. Him. 
Brilliant. He did. He just and he just kept running all day, didn't he? He just didn't stop. Um, I've just seen the other interesting um, matchup. Just looking at the AFL website, Simo on Wellingham. Well, <gasps> let me oh. let me tell you, Carlton boys, go to him at the start of the game <laughs> and rough him up because I can't remember us playing against Wellingham since he did what he we did haven't. a couple of years ago. So let's set the scene pretty early. And stick up for, you know, our man Cade because I tell you what, that was the dirtiest thing I've ever seen, apart from the Silvani Milburn thing, but um that was just terrible. And he cut bloody Simo's, you know, longevity of his continued game. Yeah, he ruined his record. Correct. So I hope I think we... Wellingham's gonna finish the game very sore. I, I hope so. so. I don't even care. Like, well, no, I I can't. But honestly, I'm if I wasn't going to be away this weekend, I would seriously ask everyone to chip in 10 bucks and I'd run onto the field and I'd do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> let's, kick, let's kick him in the ankles and test him out. <laughs> <laughs> From his trampoline incident. Yes. Or just, oh. just bring a trampoline onto the ground and psyche him out or something. I don't know. <laughs> Podcast has turned dark. <laughs> well, no one messes with Casey. Correct. No yeah. one messes with uh. Nah, I'll get violent. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have to come up with some horror movie music for or something from for this week. <laughs> um, so, uh, what are our predictions for this week, folks? We're going to win. Yeah. We're going to win? No, it's going to be three points. Yeah, it's going to be a heart attack game. Have St. John's on standby. It's going to be... It's going to be payback oh, for the 2011. No, uh, no it is just final. just just be faithful. Where you know, just feel I don't it. Like those heartbreak, those games. My heart can't take it. I even last week when we were three goals up, I wasn't comfortable. Oh, same. I thought for sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think we'll win. I think it'll be close. I think we might win by a couple of goals though. Yeah. See, I, I'm. I, I honestly don't know who's going to win because. Like we've been talking about so far, there's so many question marks over who's going to match up on who, how the um, the difference in in height is going to make it, you know, how that's going to pan out and everything. So I'm just going to go off. I believe we've turned out uh, a corner in form and belief, and therefore I must back the Blues. So we're going to win by three goals. Woo! Nice. And, and I'm similar. The the effort last week is uh, the the. Best four-quarter effort I've seen from a Carlton team in a long time. Um, even last year when we snuck our way into the finals and won a final, we uh, we never put in four quarters. Um, so I've I've got to hope that um, they actually something's clicked. Um, something's clicked in the game plan for us certainly. And I do think I do think mixed game plan uh, is probably not the one that they were playing because um, right. I can see now I can see now what they were trying to do. Um, and um, look, yeah, you got to st- you got to maintain the faith, and uh, I think Carlton will win by twenty four points. Nice round figure, I like it. There you go. Okay, now moving on to the next segment. Um, we had a couple of heated moments in that last one, so um, let's just go along in a similar vein, and we're going to do Shandog shouts. Ah! 
tell you what, I've had enough of seeing the masochistic self-flagellation on the boards in the last few weeks. We cop it more than more than enough from the media and from friends at work or otherwise when our team performs like crap. It's about time we see a shift in attitude on big footy amongst us Carlton people because, as the players reminded us last week, it's a whole lot better when we are united. Hashtag united. We all get pissed off when our club isn't performing or when we think we can see some obvious problems, but here's a radical idea. How about we just don't jump on the Roar Lucas whipping boy bandwagon, bag out the club publicly and drag others down with our negativity? Honestly, sometimes I think there must be a lot of people posting from the bowels of an underground S&M club, hogtied to a pole somewhere and posting rants in between electric shocks from a large German leather-clad dominatrix. Surely we must be in love with pain. I know blokes like David King, John Ralph, BT and the rest get a little tight in the pants every time we lose because the fact is they don't like our club. I mean, just listen to that flogged Dwayne Russell when Juddy hurt himself. It's like uh. Christmas. Uh, compare that to uh, some more level heads calling the game on the radio and you can actually hear their disappointment when that happened. How about we leave the biased bullshit to them and not have it spread through our board like STIs at the Woodford Folk Festival? (laughs) Yeah, okay, so there's things that could and should be changed at our club. Not every bloke playing for us is a million-dollar man, and sometimes we get bitterly disappointed with losses. But that doesn't excuse us from what most people would, you know, most normal people would consider acceptable behaviour. Not going ape shit at the club, at the club, keeping yourself in check when talking to other people on the board, and maybe bringing something constructive to add. Even when we are justifiably going to town on ourselves here on the board, one thing still remains true. There is and always will be one non-negotiable when you're a Carlton supporter, and that is no matter what, you support every one of those blokes who run out in our club's colours. If you can't do that, you simply aren't a supporter. Thank you. Shandok, 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 Shandok. Sorry, you got some maybe love coming your way. So I kind of did pop myself. (laughs) I love that so much. Now, okay, uh, moving on to the next segment, folks. (laughs) Now it's time for Boardwalk. So tonight on Boardwalk, instead of naming the best threads for the week, we decided to hit the boards and find out from posters what was their worst slash funniest slash most embarrassing reaction to a loss. And uh, we got a fair few um, contributions, but uh, first I'm going to throw it open to the panel and ask uh, if anybody has their own story. Who wants to go? Well, you know what? I, I might uh, do it because just for just for the sake of a little bit of... I'm having to dig it myself here after that rant. <laughs> my, what I did, uh, my most embarrassing um, or, I guess, uh, worst reaction to a loss comes from when I was much, much younger, probably very early teens or just, you know, 10, 11, 12 or something like that. And I've probably told some of you guys this offline before. But as a youngster, I reckon I committed probably the greatest sin there is after a loss. And I can't even remember what game it was, but I, I did the unthinkable. I actually started barracking for Port Adelaide. For so, shame. I You're know. a bad person, Shandog. I know. I, I still feel oh. guilt about it. <laughs> I nearly got kicked out of home as well. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, I did see the light, and it only took it. Uh, okay, well, I guess it's a bad thing. It did take a good three or four weeks before I switched <gasps> back. But yeah. in my defence, I had no idea why we were so terrible at the time because I was probably a bit too young to like understand the issues that the club had gone through with the salary cap and all that sort of thing as well. So I was just confused and upset. I was a child. Bitchy, Shandog. You were a bitchy child. <laughs> Maybe. Do you I have an do. embarrassing moment? I have lots. Um, in case you guys haven't picked up on this from the podcast, I'm actually quite animated. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> I know it's hard to believe. So the year before last, um, we were playing North Melbourne, and I think we got smashed by about 70 points or something. And it just got to the stage where I couldn't take it anymore. I'd gone to the game on my own, and thank God no one there knew who I was because I ended up snapping my flagpole over my knee and piffing it down the aisle and then just getting up, storming out, and sitting in a completely different section to finish the game because the people around me were so shocked at my behaviour. And I've, I've, I've kind of always... There was a family of four sitting next to me that switched who had to sit next to me each quarter as well. That's, <laughs> that's how intense I was during that game. It was terrible. But I've always been quite passionate when I watched the footy. And in 1999, when we lost the grand final, I locked myself in my room for two days and refused to come out except to obviously go to the bathroom. But even when it came to dinner and stuff like that, my parents had to leave a tray outside my door and I wouldn't come out of my room or speak to anybody because I was devastated. So, yeah, I do have severe reactions when we lose. Um, now, mine comes from 1985, the elimination final, Carlton versus North Melbourne. Uh, we um, we'd won the 82 Premiership, and we'd lost all our finals matches since that uh, since then. But uh, we were leading by 31 points at half-time, 17 points at three-quarter time, and North Melbourne completely overran us uh, with an eight-goal last quarter. Um, and Carlton were eliminated in 85. Now, earlier in the year, North had also kicked nine goals in the last quarter to beat us by <laughs> two points. Uh, I was... Now, in those days, uh, now bear in mind I'm in Queensland, so I wasn't, you know, watching the game at, at the ground. Um, in those days, I never had a VCR, so I used to use a tape recorder to tape the audio of the game so that I can listen <laughs> to it back. Um when the siren went, I grabbed the tape recorder and threw it from the veranda onto the road out front. Not not satisfied with the damage caused, I then picked up a shovel, walked out onto the road and proceeded to beat the little snot out of the tape recorder That's, until, rib, until ribbons of cassette tape were billowing all That's down awesome. the street. God, know, God knows what the name is for me, but it wasn't Who cares? my That's amazing. Oh, that sounds amazing. I yeah. love, oh, I wish I could have seen that. That's good. That, I think you should oh, read it. I, That's a dummy speech. <laughs> so, yeah, um, look, with that in mind, let's just have a look at um, our top three from the um, some of the offerings that we received on the boards today. Um Number three, we've got Blue Boy 25. Maybe you want to read sure, that one I out for us? Sure, I love this story. So Blue Boy 25 says, Since I now have kids, my wife tells me to keep my emotions in check if the kids are in close proximity of me when the footy's on. I also like to have footy, my footy in my hands when I'm watching the Blues on TV, and I only put it down to have a swig of my beer. Last year when we lost to Essendon the second time after that little Ted Melksham, most punchable face in the AFL, had kicked that goal, I kept calm, walked out to the backyard, making sure the back door was fully closed, and launched my brand new $120 Sharon over the back fence. 
I actually got onto a decent torpedo M. Watson style and just watched it fly off into the distance. About 10 seconds later, I realized what I had done, but having no idea of where it landed and it being nighttime, I knew I was no chance of getting it back. As a 34-year-old male dressed in his Carlton jumper matched with his Carlton pyjama bottoms, I was not too keen on knocking on a few doors asking if I could look in their backyard for my body. <laughs> that is a great story. Oh, it's a good story. I, I, I just wanted to say if it was M. Watson style, it would have come back over yeah. his head. <laughs> oh, um Number two, we've got we've got a, a story from Blue Warrior. Yes. Shandog, you've yeah, got Yeah, so Blue Warrior, he, he's given us a few examples of him getting a little bit aggro about a couple of other games, but then uh, it's the second the, the second half that was great. He said, uh, after a whirlwind uh, overseas romance, I flew to Perth to be with my now wife, and we were staying with her parents who had never really been into football and were quite conservative and nice but very quiet people. It just so happened that we flew in three days before the 99 prelim against Essendon. So anyway, the big day arrives, he's pumped and he's anxious and her dad decides um, he's supposed to get to know him a little bit to watch the game with Blue Warrior. So anyway, as you can see um, from what I was, well, what he was talking about before, he can get a little bit fired up over the game. So the father-in-law-to-be uh, lasted watching maybe two and a bit quarters, but when Essendon came back hard in the third, he proceeded, he proceeded to swear, punch the couch, throw pillows, remotes and do other silly stuff. And without saying a word, the father-in-law gets up, goes outside, starts the lawnmower and puts it under the veranda so it drowns out his bad language and attitude. <laughs> and they still joke about it to this day, uh, about how not to make an impression on your future in-laws. So, oh, I, I can only that. imagine that has been the most awkward situation you'd possibly oh, be. Oh, how bad. For every... For every yeah. 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 Sorry, don't oh, watch the video with your in-laws. Yep. Good. Oh, no. No. Um, listen, I've got I've got one here. This is the one. This is one I thought was number one, and it should come as no surprise. It comes from Stig O'Hara, <laughs> aka Numbers. Uh, it, it's 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 surrounding the 1984 first semi Carlton versus Collingwood at VFL Park. Dacos went berserk, kicked seven, and we were out of the finals. Went with the old man, and we got a couple of staff slash entertainment passes. I got utterly legless. God knows what I was saying. <laughs> well, I'm not surprised there either. Uh, w- w- would have been quality for sure. Anywho, time to leave in the car park bottleneck, heading towards the Wheelers Hill pub. The old man is driving his pride and joy, the silver Fairmont gear with the snazzy velour interior and electric windows. <laughs> the pimp mobile. Suddenly the fresh air hits me. Not going to be good. So I tried to wind down the front window. Unbeknownst to me, the old man had already wound it down from the driver's side. So I wound it up and let fly a work of art across the window in stunning velour interior. <laughs> Embarrassing enough, the idiot in the car next to us started laughing so hard he ran up the ass of the car in front of him. <laughs> True That's things. amazing. And that velour That's, would be damaged that, forever. That's a numbers story. <laughs> You'd see that stuff in a movie. So, there you go, numbers you want something, mate. Uh, so, uh, look, on, on that note... Um, I think we've come to an end. We'll leave it on a positive note. Um, and um, we'll see you all on Monday night for our weekend wake. And um, let's hope that uh, Carlton have a win. Uh, it's good night, Good night, Shandor. go Blues. Good night, Bluebell. Good night, Blue everyone. Bell. Go the baggers.
And good See night, you guys. Baby. And it's good night for me. <laughs> Bye. See you, everybody. Bye. <laughs>